Welcome to the Inspired Healer Podcast. We are Renee Burns and Sharon Balsamo. We are clinical mental health therapists and magic mamas. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Renee. How's it going? It's going well. (laughs) Great. So... This is episode three of season two with Sharon and Renee. We're so glad that you are here joining us. And so we thought for this episode, we wanted to just give some space for Renee to share a little bit about her story, her background, her healing journey, um, just so you all can get a better um, connection to what Renee is bringing to the podcast if you are interested in, in hearing more about that. And of course, as always, we will be sharing more and more of our stories through each episode, depending on how it relates to each topic. So, um, so there will always be more opportunities to learn more about us because we're so amazing. Um, so (laughs) Renee, (laughs) like, I guess where I would love to start is kind of when we met, you know, we met in wilderness therapy, um, which was awesome, like the funnest thing in the whole wide world. And so, so I'd like to start there. So that was in 2007 um, when that happened. We were just wow. young whippersnappers in our 20s. Oh, man. Yeah. So long ago. So, uh, and I know before we worked together in wilderness, you had already had some experience in wilderness. So how would you feel about sharing kind of a little bit about before you and I met, you know, kind of what your life looked like? Cause coming out like your adolescence and into your twenties, like what got you into wilderness therapy to start out? Oh, great. Well, thanks for um, taking the time to do um, this with, with me. It's, it is definitely out of my comfort zone. I don't do a lot of uh, sharing personally about myself. And I think that has, it's, it's become more and more part of my healing journey to, to do that. Um, So thank you. Um, I will try to stumble my way through this. Yeah. So prior to meeting you, I had a pretty, um, I would call it unconventional adolescence. I really struggled with um, my own mental health and and substance use. Um, I come from a super loving family, like your typical mom, dad, younger brother, dog, cat, um, extremely blessed. I was given lots of opportunities. I played sports. We went on vacations. Um, didn't have a ton of, of, I would say like hardship early on in life. A lot of it really started, um, in, in high school. I, when I started, um, experimenting with different substances, which then impacted my mental health, which resulted in me actually being sent to a wilderness therapy program. Um, which is uh, that could be a whole separate podcast or a separate time because that was during a a time when it was it was unregulated um and I mean this is 20 plus years ago at this point um and and since then the field has grown to a point where you can get your masters in it you know there's best practices conferences um it is much more mainstream there was actually an interesting article in the New York Times recently a little op-ed written by somebody who was quote, gooned, taken away to a, to a program, um, you know, hoods in the woods. Um, it's interesting because it's a different 
perspective. For me, that experience um, was a really positive one. And I think um, it, it opened my eyes at a pretty young age to the power of nature as part of a healing process. Um, so that really set the ball moving for me to really get uh, uh, more curious about that just world in general. I was like, oh my gosh, there's a whole field out there. Like, I don't have to go to school and be an accountant. Like, I can go to school and 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 learn how to, like, be a professional in the woods. Like, this is amazing. Um and it was a bumpy ride through most of my adolescence. I'm just trying to figure myself out. I went to four different high schools. It took me five years to get out of high school. Um, I was definitely on the fringe for a lot of it, but at the same time was also, you know, like this star athlete. So I kind of had these dual roles that were really confusing. Uh, yeah, so going back to, to kind of finding, finding wilderness, that, that path pretty much led, led me to uh, my first job in it. And I think that was maybe 2005 in southern Utah, um, working for a program and living out of my van at the time. Um, so much fun, so much freedom, um, but really got to experience um, spending time in the woods with kids that just needed a break from the stuff. Uh, and I was able to kind of be there and, and um, provide my, my experience to other kids. And, and, and I felt um, empowered in that environment to do so. And it felt very natural for me. Um, so there's a lot of story within those stories, my traveling across the country a bunch of times and living out of my van, like I said. And, um yeah, I'm not. Anyway, I'm all over the place right now. Uh, so that is 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 pre meet, meeting you, and then um, we were cosmically paired to work together in the woods in the high desert of Central Oregon. Um, but however long ago you just said that was 2007. That's wild. Um, and that was a pretty magical time for me. It was, it was after college and I was really excited to be in the Pacific Northwest and exploring the high desert. That's a really magical place for me. Um, and I feel like that's where I kind of found my people, I would say. Uh, and I don't know, like if this, I don't know that this is something that I've shared with the majority of people or I don't know if we should just erase this whole thing because I'm getting all tripped up on my my stuff. But um, do I like like there was a death in the in the in the field? Yeah. Um, so let's I'm gonna pause right there, okay? Yeah. Because I want to get into that if you're comfortable talking about it. Because I'm just thinking about uh, there's a couple of things like I know but, well, that was like in the back of my head the whole time was like oh here's this pre thing and then I'm like. Yeah. And then yeah, that happened, was, right? Like, like we started off. So it was so amazing and wonderful say, you know, at the wilderness therapy program that we worked at. And then it ended really tragically, like really painfully and horribly, you know, the yeah. end of, of our time there. And, um, and so, I mean, that is a big story. So if you're, I mean, if you're willing to talk a little bit about that, Let's go there. I do want to make one comment, though, um, 
first, you know, when you're just talking about like your adolescence and stuff, I think, you know, something that I see in you and, and I think that we have in common and tell me if I'm wrong about this is like, you know, I feel like when we were younger, we were often, there was sort of this, like this thing reflected to us, like that we have the potential to excel in like the world of conformity, you know, like you were talking about like being an athlete, right? Like you were able to sort of be, you know, a way in the world that people are like, oh, you could be really successful, you know, like you have all this potential, there's so much that you can do. But this like piece internally, of like, well, I don't really want that, you know, or I, yes. that doesn't feel mm-hmm. good to me, right? That's not bringing me what I want. But when you're a teenager, you can't really put words on that, you know, it's more no, just you're like, like, you're like, fuck you. You don't understand me, right? Like, that's sort of how it comes out, right? That's yeah. just like, uh, okay, I can excel, I can conform, I can meet these standards and expectations, but fuck those things, you know? Yeah, like, like, this doesn't why? feel right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, the term that we, my family and I use now looking back is like, which is beautiful, which is a beautiful part of my story. I mean, just to, to spend two more minutes there is, is I do have a wonderful relationship with my, my, my family, um, my mother, my father, my brother, and my extended family now. Um, and part of, because it's, I think everybody's done some work. Um, but, you know, we, we joke sometimes looking back at my parents, like, oh man, we were trying to like slam a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. And I use that all the time in my, in my practice now, like, which is why I love working with, with um, adolescents and, and, and families. Like I, I love doing the, the educational work with parents. Yeah. You know? And I just anyway. wanted to highlight that because I feel like that's sort of a sensation that's not uncommon for people like this, like, oh, well, I'm being successful, but something just doesn't feel right, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, if you you know, it, it, it's almost easier if you're just like a total shit show and you can't succeed in the system, you know, so that you're just like on the outside. And so having to make or making the decision to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to honor my own path, even if it's, you know, with these like dirty hippies in the wilderness or whatever, like really trusting <laughs> yeah, ourselves yeah. enough to, to, to say, okay, I'm, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to take this risk of non-conformity or being a little bit more on the outside because it feels better to me. And that's how I felt about wilderness. It was like something just opened. It was like, this is it, right? Like, yes. This is the thing. Yes. So, and then you had an experience at the head instructor. So I was the head instructor of this group, the rotation before you came into that group. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then there was a kid who, who passed away mm-hmm. in the field. Yep. On my watch. What do you want to share about that? Um, I, I, I really haven't shared much about this other than the, like, then like it's, it's, this is an interesting place to share because I, I've spent a lot of time when I share this, it's all, it's all like the facts because that's what I, I needed to share too. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Like we walked this many miles. We had this much weight on our, on our back. This person sat down for, for this long, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then this person stopped breathing. Like th- those are the facts. I think for me, thinking back on that time, one of the hardest uh, uh, things for me was being questioned that, that there was wrongdoing. Yeah. You know, that, that when, when I think about coming from a place of integrity and, and doing that line of work and, and also my personal background of being somebody who is um, transformed personally and really valued that um, setting to help facilitate change. Um, 
what was really hurtful. And I was young. I mean, it was my, I was in my early mid twenties, however long ago it was. Um, and I mean, I had experience, you know, I had led groups for a while, but I think that was what was really jarring for me. And I like how you put it. Like there's this beautiful, amazing group of people doing this amazing work. We, we all believed we were doing this amazing work. Um, and, and I do believe it's amazing work because if you are in that field, um, it's not comfortable. You know, you are. And in that, at that time, I mean, you're not sleeping on a blow up mattress in the woods. You're, you're sleeping on the ground and you're pooping in a bag Mm -hmm. and carrying your poop around with you, just like the kids are (laughs) like very literally, you're also eating granola and couscous every day for weeks on end with kids. It is not, it is not pretty. People do not go into that field to like be comfortable. Um, so I think the fact that I was questioned of like wrongdoing um, was really hard for me, especially because I was so passionate and I had this past of, of, of already like kind of being in it for a while. Yeah. I think it was, was really hard for me. Um, and being also in a small community. So having it, you know, it was like this, this traumatic event on the, on the front on, you know, in the news, on the front of the in pages of the paper. And at that time, working for a program that had just been purchased by a very large corporate organization. So I was a very, I was like a, a very, I was the tadpole. Yeah. They weren't this, there to protect you. They, they were there to large, save their own asses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of like my own, my own trauma and my own questioning, I think it's something that I still like still comes up for me, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like when I'm being questioned or feel like I need to prove myself or mm-hmm. like prove my worth or, or prove that I'm coming from a place of integrity. I think that there's a lot that that's, that's there from, from that yeah. time still, because there's still this piece that's like, oh, cause, cause now in the field, I mean, the people who are in the field know about this. Um, uh, you know, it's like a case study. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and to have all that too compounded with grief, you know, the grief yeah. of a, an innocent child passing away for an unknown reason and the yeah. grief of us, like this program shutting down that we mm-hmm. were all so connected to and uh, was our livelihood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that community, you know, there's just, there's so many layers of that. And I did like, just as a witness to what I saw for you too, that was just like, you couldn't have space to grieve, you know, because mm-hmm. you had to defend yourself. And um, what that's a mind fuck, you know what I mean? Like, and and that's just that's complex trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I had a, a like a you know an, an adolescent like literally more arms from an unknown causes is, is a trauma. There's yes, there's the complex capital T trauma mm-hmm. is is very much there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so that experience um, was jarring, and at that time I didn't have the tools. I did, you know, I did see a therapist, um, and that's when I decided, you know, I, I uh, was going to Hawaii. You know, I had a really ugly breakup with a boyfriend. Um, you know, and like looking back, it's like, oh my gosh, of course, like after everything I had been through and not having the tools and being in the Asia I, where, where I was in life, it's like, oh. I don't know how that could have ever survived anyway. And, yeah. And, um, yeah. I wish that person well. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing human. Uh, anyway, um, 
Yeah. And so, but, you know, I, I fled, you know, so there was running, but running in the sense that, and I'll never forget the therapist that I was working with at the time told me like, like you need to run away. Is it yeah. running away or is it healing? Yeah. Sometimes and I think that's what also started me on the journey of like allowing myself to make like the, the decisions for myself that felt good. Mm-hmm because everything that right society was telling me was you are running away from this yeah you know? this is what healing you're, looks you're, like and you're, you're not, not exactly. doing it like, yep. like you need to sit here and do the work yeah if you're not here then you're not healing um and there was probably some truth to that that I did like run away and then I disappeared and I was in Hawaii and had an experience there that was a whole other thing unto itself I tried wilderness therapy again there um and didn't did not feel good you know i could not be present i was um it was too soon for me to be in that space um and also through that experience i really realized how important community was for me because i was definitely in in a space where i really struggled to kind of find community and um you know i i i met a guy and then was hanging out with like another guy. And then there was a pre-existing community in that wilderness therapy field, but it was more transient. Um, I had a good girlfriend that was there, um, but she was living with her partner. And so I was just really like lost in all that. Um, And so I needed to go because I needed to do that for myself. I think that if I would have stayed and done the like, quote, traditional healing, like sit here and face it, um, I wouldn't have healed. And I also think I needed to go there also to realize that, like, wait, I need my community. Mm-hmm. Like I do need to sit in it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I came back uh, to the States, I think that's when, when I, I really kind of started my own healing process. Like, okay, what, what do I want? What does it need to look like? And, and I went, went home to where my family was on the East Coast and, um, you know, got a little serious about what, what do the next steps look like? Do I want to go to grad school? What, what do I want my, what, what do I want my professional? Really, it was that, like looking at that, like, holy shit, I need a job. What do I want my life to look like? Um, I'm not ready to go back into a field setting. You know, I do not want to be in charge of kids in the woods. Hell no. Hmm. Okay, so this is a lot of that story. So, so really, I found, um, opportunities to work with groups in not as much of like a backcountry wilderness setting um, and continued, you know, had this gift for, I, I guess, this, this healing gift for helping people and found my way to um, pursue my master's in social work. Um, so that's, a, that, that's kind of the professional side of things that got me to where I am now. Um, and then the personal side of things, I um, reconnected with a, you know, a college sweetheart. And uh, we have got, got married, you know, did all that kind of traditional stuff. Um, and the, most, most recently, um, I don't know, I'm kind of all over the place right now. It feels like I'm, I'm you're doing great. I'm, you're I'm doing all great. over. Um, most recently, um, 
the, the universe has had, to, had tested me with my fertility. Um, I was struggling with getting pregnant. And so going through the, the IVF, choosing to go through the IVF process, which was successful. And then um, finding out we were pregnant with twins and having my water break with one of them when I was uh, 22 weeks pregnant um, was capital T trauma again. Mm-hmm. Um, something that happened that was totally out of my hands and um, giving birth to babies at 26 weeks and they were each about a pound and a half and um, really needing to refocus again on like what I was doing with my life. I, I guess, you know, like I was like, okay, I'm married, went to grad school in the in the mental health professional field kind of checking off the boxes and then the universe gifted me um these little micro creamies and they were like yeah no not time for you to be doing that um and then and then the pandemic and then bringing babies home uh, at the really fragile nikki babies home into a global pandemic um has really challenged me or is really, I, I, I just want to say gift. I feel like I, I need, I, my focus has been like, like how has this been a gift for me? Mm-hmm. Ha, has gifted me um, the time to really think about like, how am I showing up in the world right now for myself and for others? And how am I using and sharing my gifts, yeah. my experience? And, yeah. I, and, and I think that's, that's kind of how I am here with you right now and sharing from that aspect um and whether it's the importance of using nature i know we're talking about on this podcast uh, the inspired healer and healing and the wellness industry um and my personal journey has been long and it's been a winding road and it's been one of medicine and hospitals and treatment and it's also been one of like nature and movement and um uh, you know, acceptance and release and forgiveness um, tor- towards my own, towards my own healing. Um, mm. That's just one one kind of piece of it. I, I yeah. guess you could say that. The other day, I was talking with my mother, reflecting on you know what am I doing? I felt all these life experiences, you know, I was like living in the jungle in Central America with a indigenous tribe for a while. And oh, I, you know, I'm a certified backcountry avalanche forecaster. And I've got these skill sets, I can make fire with my hands, you know, I've got all these skill sets, and I'm sitting at home, wiping baby butts. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not using my skills. Like, what am I doing? and my mom, and, and I think, I don't, it was pretty eloquent. She said, I just think all your experiences that you've been through have maybe set you up for this task right now to go through this experience of having two extremely fragile children um, during a pandemic yeah. and the resiliency that that's taken for me. Resiliency. To- that's the word. <laughs> like, I just, I feel like your story is like a map to resiliency. It's like, you know, when I, I'm sorry that I just interrupted you, but like, that's what I think is, um, is so powerful about your journey because, you know, when I found out that your water broke at 22 weeks and that you were hospitalized and bedridden, you know, um, 
was just like, holy shit, like what else is the universe going to hand this woman? You know, because, mm. you know, and you, you and I know that, that there's like a million other layers to, to the story that you just shared. Right. I mean, we oh. could go into so many <laughs> yeah. different, like other, other stuff mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. that. Um, and you know, so in my mind, I was just like, this is so unfair, you know, like this, she doesn't deserve this, you know, like all, all of that. And, you know, you being in a place now where you're like finding the gift in it, right. That it's, it's not about bypassing the pain or the difficulty, right. It's not about, um, negating the, the hard parts of it, but it's about understanding, you know, what happened at the, the wilderness therapy program with the death in the field. Um, it's like, you know, you had a choice with how you were going to make sense of that and how you were going to frame that. And it was an invitation into victimhood, you know, it was an mm-hmm. invitation into like big T trauma for the rest of your life, just carrying it with you. Like this horrible thing happened to me and now I'm fucking ruined, right? Like, and I think that we all sort of have make or break experiences in our lives like that. And mm-hmm. when we are able to, like you, you trusted your healing journey, right? You listened to what you needed and healing journeys are like, so they go in a million different directions, right? They're not linear. They're not straightforward. And so really trusting, like I needed to run away for a while, you know, I needed to have these different, I needed to some space from it before I came back to it. And, and, and all Mm -hmm. of those things that you just shared, right. Is like trusting that our, we know like healing comes, healing happens. We just need to honor the process and trust it and be patient with it. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we become stronger and more resilient because life never stops fucking us. <laughs> you know, like we never, we never stop getting hit, hit by two by fours. You know what I mean? Like there's yes, always, yes. Like, you know, you, you did your due diligence, right? You like, you went to grad school, you got married, you did all the things, you bought a house, like you did all the things you're supposed to do. And then the universe is like, okay, well, here's the next big challenge for you. You know, it's yes. not, there's no guarantees, no matter how hard you work or how much you do what you think you're supposed to, or whatever mm-hmm. that means, right? Yeah. There's no guarantees that life is going to go easy on you. And, Mm -hmm. and you, I think you have really embodied the truth of that, of just like, okay, well, you know, this is it. And I can either choose to be in victimhood about it and, and be feel powerless and in my trauma. Um, or I can trust in my resilience that there's a reason for this, right? Like I do, like, if I think about a woman who went through what you went through with your daughters, who hadn't, had that resilience built up, she would be activated in her trauma. You know, her trauma would be most likely spilling out and being projected onto these twins, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so there's invitations there, you know, and Mm -hmm. that you have a wisdom and an awareness of like how I want to show up. And Mm -hmm. so I need to be responsible for tending to the trauma, for tending to my, you know, all of the, the hard stuff. So anyway, I just... I just like, that is something that is so inspiring to me about who you are as a person, you know, of just like, you do not question your resilience. Like, you know how strong you are. And, mm. um, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. And I, I mean, I think that is why I probably got all starry eyed when I met you because I got to hear some of your story. 
And I think it is so fascinating because, you know, I think about like protective factors and vulnerability factors. And I came from a very secure background with like financial stability. And you came from a different background than I did. And at the same time, because I feel like we can get stuck in that sometimes. Like, Mm -hmm. well, you had all these protective factors. Like, well, you had parents that loved you and I didn't. And there are moments where I want to say, shit can happen to anyone. Like big shit can happen to anyone. and like, yes, I, I am aware of the privilege that I, that, I, that I came from, that I had a lot of protective factors in place that I think help like that kind of pre-existing set of re- that, that resiliency. And at the same time, that's something that I've always appreciated about you is the ability to say, I've, I've done hard, I've seen hard, I've been through hard, and I'm not going to be a victim of it. Mm-hmm. And when you need to be a victim of it, it's it's okay. And you mm-hmm. allow yourself to be a victim. And then you have figured out what works for you. Mm-hmm. Like similarly to the podcast, the last episode that we just recorded, like what works for you? Like my, should everybody run away to Hawaii? No. <laughs> you know? And that's not an option for everybody yeah, either, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, yeah. Case in point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, your, your ability to, to sit in it and say, oh, okay, what do I need to do for me and what works for, for me? Yeah. And I'm not going to be a victim of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, and that's, and that's part. And so for me, like being here with you on this podcast and like thinking about like the, the, the wellness industry and um, where are people trained and where's the efficacy and where's the accountability and, um, you know, what are we selling? And I think that's been hard for me too, with part of my story, maybe why I get tripped up in sharing about myself because I keep being told, you know, you have to like, you know, I, I have a story to sell, mm-hmm. you know, you've mm-hmm. been through so much, like, how do you wrap that up and sell it? And that is so hard, hard for me because it just feels icky and not genuine for myself. Yeah. It's exploitative. Um, yeah. And, and, and maybe that's because some of my trauma has been so in, intense. You know, I mean, there, there's, there's a lot. There's like, I mean, I could go into like the sub, substance use in adolescence and the trauma there and, uh, you know, d- dealing with death and dealing with... Um, you know, the judicial system, all, like there's, there's so many pieces uh, that, that what I, I really hope and whoever's listening like hears is that what, what I really want to bring to the Inspired Healer podcast is like, I've been through some experiences and I've tried on a lot of different hats to help me heal. And um, I, I am in no way like healed you know, that it was a continuous process. Um, and that I'm just excited to be on this journey with you and just exploring it all. Like, what does it look like? How, how do we deal with, with the hard? You know, where do we need to be critical thinkers in the healing process too, you know? Yes. Um, and, you know, I mean, I just talked about this briefly at last podcast, but like right now, today, I am dealing with the fact that I have to get knee surgery, mm-hmm. you know, and I just came off of this life changing experience of relocating from my home three hours away to live with my babies that spent their first almost four months of their life in a hospital, um, 
to now be in a place where they're healthy enough um, that I want to take them out, but it's a pandemic, so I can't. Um, and looking forward to doing things with them to now learn that I have to get knee surgery. So it is like the hits keep coming, like you, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you said. Yeah, life's gonna continue to fuck us. So, <laughs> so what do we do? You know, and. Um, and at the same time, like, like, how do we have space for other people that have different levels of resiliency? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. how do we have space for, for people who um, have had different types of hard, mm-hmm. you know, because I yeah. definitely know that I am on one end of the spectrum of hard, mm-hmm. but I also believe that I'm on one end of the spectrum for uh, levels of resiliency. Yeah. Um, here's why I'm feeling very grateful to have you here because I really um, respect your, your level of resiliency and, and your path and your journey and where it's brought in you. So, mm. so you know. thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm excited too, that you are here with us because I do feel like this is, you know, the work of being honest about our own struggles is so profound. Um, we're all in this, journey together to some varying degrees, you know, and, and so I just appreciate your willingness to share and also, yeah, acknowledging the privilege piece, acknowledging the spectrum of resiliency, um, Mm -hmm. that some of us have access to resources that others don't have. Some Mm -hmm. of us have access to hope that others Mm -hmm. don't have, Mm -hmm. um, to community and connection. And so I think those pieces in particular were places where we've maybe had advantages in our healing work, you know, and, and I think that's what gives us passion to um, make that accessible to every single human being, because we are all deserving. We Mm -hmm. have that privilege. So we need to name it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going back. Okay. Well, that's a whole other podcast for another time. Right. But but, um, yeah. So that's just a little bit about me. And I just, and and I feel like it's important for me because I could also talk about, you know, like my certification in mindfulness and, and and my trainings and in dialectical behavioral therapy and, and, and that side of things too. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, but that's not me, you Mm -hmm. know, those are, those, it's like the alphabet soup there. Um, and, And I think me and who I am, you know, as, Renee Burns magic mama is, is much more fitting. Yeah. Um, cause I think, I, I feel like I have more to offer from that space. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So. Well, I appreciate you. I'm glad you're here in the world. Oh, right back at you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You. Well, any final thoughts, any last things that you want to say, Renee? It's hard to share about yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes one vulnerable, and yeah. I'm practicing what I preach—the mm-hmm. vulnerability piece. So, yeah. so that's the invitations to all of our mm-hmm. listeners, too. You know, what's mm-hmm. it like for you to share your story um, honestly and authentically? You know, kind of vulnerably, and still holding that truth of our own resilience and our capacity to grow from the trials that we face in our lives. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening. We wish you a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you next time. Bye.